When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest Royal Blue podcast. And hot on the heels of Tony Bellew, we've got an even bigger hitter, if you like. We've got another big blue, the leader of the council and the mayor of Liverpool, Joe Anderson, joining myself, Greg O'Keefe, Phil Kirkbride, to talk all things toffees. Before we start, I'll knock that Bellew right now. <laughs> if he goes before me again. <laughs> And the year the first, Tony, for, you get your first defence out of the way yeah, and then we'll yeah, put something on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'll sell it out, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, we touched with Tony, we were talking about uh, the positive kind of changes that Koeman's already enacted, only one game the season in. But I know every Blue is feeling that he's made a difference and that Goodison may well be a more positive place going forward and Joe obviously season ticket holder yourself mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. what have you noticed around the Spurs game and just in general about the, the impact Koeman's made well I, I think obviously with the knowledge of Koeman as a player and as a manager you know I think it's a great acquisition for the club yeah he's certainly uh, my style and type of manager you know obviously we all like the uh, you know tic-tac uh, football that uh, Martin has tried to uh, instil. We all love the school of science, but the school of science was a balance for me. Yeah. It was about yeah. having uh, skill, but with also tenacity and, and passion uh, and stamina and all of the things that I think he stands for, Cumin. And, you know, I, I think I, my, all my sons are Evertonians. And uh, Michael, the youngest son, said to me, you know, if you want to play Barcelona football, you've got to have Barcelona players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you've got to have that blend. And so, you know, I, I think what I noticed just in the first game uh, against Tottenham was just the uh, intensity was there again. And the first half, uh, you know, arguably was as good as I've seen Everton play for a long time. And, you know, the way they, uh, you know, passed the ball quicker and got it up the pitch yeah. quicker, but weren't afraid to, on occasions, just hoof it and use the long yeah. ball when you're under pressure. And I think that's what we all wanted. You know, it was yeah. frustrating that Martinez didn't change his style. And if you like, in my view, arrogantly stuck uh, to his, uh, his way of playing and wouldn't deviate from that. And I'm glad to see a refreshing, um, you know, example uh, set by you know Cooman now to say that you know it's horses for courses. You'll play, uh, you know, teams yeah. in different ways, and you'll set out in different ways. Um, but you know, I just want to see him bring his own uh, style. But I, you know, I, I think the things he said so far, for instance, which he must have been a real shock to him, you know, and it, it, it's something that I, I've seen, you've seen, all yeah. of us as Evertonians have seen, uh, the sort of lacklustre performances when people have got tired and for him to come out and you know openly and honestly refreshingly turn round and say that the players are only 70% fit well you know we've watched that for, for you know the last few seasons yeah. where our players have melted you know uh, after you know 70 yeah. uh, 75 minutes and, and that's not good enough that's it I mean if you think I saw you and your Michael and the lads going into Wembley for mm-hmm, the semi-final mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you contrast that first half mm-hmm. with what we had last Saturday yeah. against Tottenham yeah. 
it's worlds apart and it's only early doors with mm. Cumin, isn't it? But Phil, you, you, I mean, you've got, spoken to him a couple of times already and is that directness that he's obviously given to the players something that translates to the media as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember one of the first times I had a proper one-on-one chat with him at MK Dons in the tunnel after a pre-season game and it wasn't anything personal, but he spent the first 90 seconds of a three-minute interview not looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is hard to look at you for yeah. any prolonged period. Um, he's, he's forthright, stay talking. You ask a question, a straight question, you'll get a straight answer. Mm. Um, that, remind, that doesn't remind me in any way of a certain previous <laughs> I think we've kind of recalibrate a little bit, haven't we? Because yeah. we're so used to kind of having to read between the lines and understand yeah. you know, what we were being told. But, you know, as we, we mentioned before, we started recording, you know, yesterday, Ronald was... Shooting from the hip again about in the ass, and <laughs> you know, and I think you know it's ref- it's refreshing and it's positive, and I think I, for me, I don't know if you think Joe as well. I think he's understood straight away the kind of culture of Goodison and the mm. culture of the Evertonians that we know if it's not right, we're not daft. We can we understand footy, and also another thing, I don't know whether you've picked up on it as well. He's brought pressing into this game. That's mm. something that mm. really lifts Goodison. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that, and I think that was what was angering uh, Evertonians. Uh, under Martinez's uh, regime, really, was the, you know, he was talking, if you like, as if he'd been at a different game than, than <laughs> most of us, uh, you know, and, and we had to put up with that. And, and you know, look, as I said, I, I'm not knocking a man, he's a lovely guy, but clearly, you know, I, I felt that it was a one trick pony, and you can't be that in the Premier League, and you can't do that, you know, when we were getting pressed ourselves, people knew how to come and play Everton, yeah. you know, once they realised, you know, um, it was like, you know, when we had Pienaar and Baines, people, that link up was beautiful to see, but yeah. once people realised, they, 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 they adapted and changed their game, but we never adapted and changed our game, and that was the frustrating thing with Martinez, and I think what, you know, immediately strikes me is, yes, his honesty, um, but, but I'm not necessarily convinced that it's it's around understanding Evertonians. I think it's understanding football in mm. general. And I like this style. I like the way he wants to set up. That is to actually, you know, compete. Yeah. If you if it, look Evertonians, and I've been, you know, watching the Blues for you know uh, fifty years now. Um, the bottom line is is that you know what every Evertonian wants is passion. And a competitive player, yeah. you know, if if you aren't good enough in terms of skill wise, then we'll accept that to a certain extent. But as long as you're committed to the cause, as long as you put in a hundred percent, then you'll get loyalty from Everton fans. And I think that's what he is about as well as a manager. If you give him that, I think you've got a friend for life with with Cumin. But if you don't give him that, then you know off you go to another club. And what he said, that, you know, with Nias, I, I you know felt a little bit sorry for, for, for Nias <laughs> in a sense that you know I mean that's a classic line, wasn't it? If you want to play football, then you've got to move from Everton. because yeah. um, we haven't seen him play football at Everton. So no. um, you know I, I I'm I'm just really uh, chuffed with his his uh, style and his approach. Uh, and I think it suits Everton down to the ground. Yeah, you, you mentioned then PNR as well. He's joined Sunderland mm. um, today, of course, when we're recording this podcast. But Everton have got their act together in the market now. And, you know, uh, Idrissa Gay has been followed by Balassi. Ashley Williams is at the club. And mm-hmm. do you think the calibre of players he's bringing in, and, and I suppose the the impact they'll have on the dressing room, it'll be going in the right direction. We've seen Gay, he's the only one we've seen play so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I was really impressed with what he brought. He was great, wasn't he? Re- really great. You know, that was, a, for me, a man of the match performance. And me, from yeah. him. Uh, And, you know, his class just is, you know, it was unbelievable that uh, not only was he, uh, his engine 
and compared yeah. to uh, our own, you know, rest of our own players. Yeah. But his ability to see how to break down, uh, but to pass and do the simple things was just what we've, we, we've lacked, you yeah. know. And it's not uh, we under the Martinez uh, regime, it was backwards, you know, and, and it didn't matter how many passes we made, as long as we made passes, but it, and that included backwards. Mm. You know, uh, he was doing it forwards, and that was great to see. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a great... Uh, performance, I'd say, man of the match performance for me, and I want everybody to have that same stamina level. But I'm, yeah, Ashley Williams, you know, obviously a little bit also surprised about the price we paid with his for age. Him with yeah, his age. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, he's good quality. He can, uh, you know, go in when he's fit into that team or yeah. in any Premier League team. I think, and you know, that's yeah, uh, that, that's great for for, for me. Um, and and you know, I, I'm sure uh, you know Balassi will uh, be somebody that can actually not only uh, put pressure on the likes of Morales, uh, and, but equally, you know, he can play uh, in different roles. Right. And, and, Either side. Us, yeah, and give us options. Yeah. And so that's the type of uh, the player that we want. And I think he, he excites. I think, again, one of the things that I've been uh, really pleased when I've seen, you know, Velassi play is that, you know, his total commitment and you know, not afraid to get stuck in, yeah. as well as providing the skill. Yeah. And you know, that's that's the type of football that I love, and I think that's what Evertonians love too. Yeah, there's like almost like you know, you harken back to your Dave Thomases and mm, people like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, there is a, yeah. there is a skill there, yeah. and the good wingers, but they will graft as well yeah. and go back further. And uh, Everton have got you know a history of wingers who will do that. It's no yeah. good just being a show pony. Yeah. I'm talking about personally, Dale Lafayette. Yeah. He just yeah. I am tearing my hair out. I with think him. that's why briefly when Aaron Lennon first came, he kind of lifted the place, didn't he? He did. Remember? Yeah. Because he just worked his socks off. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it. Now, it's interesting. You know, David Thomas. When you talk about him, I remember him. You know, I mean, he didn't get the credit that he deserved in terms of the supply line for Bob Latford and, well, that's and stuff, it. whatever. Yeah. You know, if you look at Latford's goals, you know, David Thomas supplied the cross or the pass and mm. stuff, whatever. Yeah. And and he knew when to deliver. You know. Um, Young uh, Jared needs to actually learn from the likes of that. You know yeah. that you know, it's no good getting yourself into a corner and getting surrounded or yeah. whatever. You release the ball and get those passes into you know people that can make a run now. Balassi and, and Lukaku if he stays. You know. Yeah, definitely. I always think as well. It's, it's interesting because we were speaking to Tony about this, and obviously he's. He gets to every home game, mm. and he was he was laughing, saying even if it's before mm. a fight, mm. you know his his trainer will say to him, "We assume you didn't," but he'll invariably end end up getting there. And he was joking about how he'll get people like you know saying the odd comment during the game to him, but it's all you know he'll have a laugh with them. But <laughs> you must be one of the most high profile people in the city. Mm. How's being the mayor affected your match day routine, and or just being at the game? Has it affected it or? <laughs> Well, it has, it has, and it hasn't. I guess you know. I mean, um, I, I, I used to uh, regularly um, go for a pint um, before I went into the game, and, and I usually went for a pint as well coming out of the game. Yeah. I, I've stopped that. Recently, I think we always need a pint after yeah, the game. Yeah, 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 and more than a pint. <laughs> and I've stopped that recently because you know people. Uh, tend to come and ask me uh, questions, and uh, you know, you the bins are a disgrace. No, 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 no seriously, not about, uh, not about that. Although you may well be, but uh, you know, about the football, oh, about yeah, the yeah. stadium. Yeah. And if I, you know, I, I'd say anything, you know, then it'd end up on on social yeah. media. So, um, but no, I enjoyed the, you know, the, the the banter, and most people uh, are are pretty respectful. You know, they know that you know it's my time off and stuff, whatever, yeah. and. 
uh, you know, and, and leave, leave it at that. Uh, so in some senses, it, it hasn't changed uh, at all. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I still love going to the game and I still, you know, use that as a break. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, as I said, I know people wonder how it's a perverse it got, break, it got, it? yeah, exactly. Well, especially the last couple of seasons, if you like, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I guess you know, it is a, a, a release uh, clause in terms of you know, for me, a release uh, opportunity to go watch Everton and, yeah. and stuff, whatever. And, and I, you know, I have a good group of friends that we we uh, we meet and we yeah. uh, socialize so. It, it's a great opportunity to do that, you know. And isn't it that for everyone, from whether they're working, labouring on a site, or it, it's it is a release, isn't it? Because you can go and forget about everything else, switch off, and just concentrate on everything for ninety minutes. Or I, so. I mean, I I, I I sometimes worry about myself in in a sense that you know when, as I said, I've been going since I was eight when I went in the boys' pen, um, and I used to get the bus. I used to deliver lemonade to Joe Royal's house, <laughs> um, and meet Joe and all the players because they used to pick each other the other up in them days. He lived in. Not a screen, Joe Royal. Um, and I used to get the bus from Park Lane where I grew up in Dingle. And the, the money I used to get on the lemonade round helped pay for me to go. So I used to be able to get the 20 bus to County Road, walk up yeah. to the ground, go in the boys' pen, one and six or whatever it yeah. was, a shilling uh, then. And that was my, you know, so that was 50 years ago. Um, and, you know, I've been to Goodison when, you know, we've been in the Zenith Data Systems Cup uh, with the, you know, 11,000 people. You know, I, I must admit I've been one of the ones that's threw the odd cushion onto the pitch in the past as well. So I've been through all of that, but I still get as passionate and disappointed you know, when we lose, there's nothing better than going the game, you know, when you're all buoyed up and you're yeah, all excited yeah. and stuff, and you see, and you come out and you see some of the performances that we've put in, and you just get so down because, you know, you've seen players, you know, I've seen players that have been rubbish, but, yeah. you know, they give 100%. Yeah. Yeah. What I can't stand is a player that's rubbish and only gives 50%. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. uh, we've, had, we've had a couple of them. So, and well. we have, that's the point, you know. I mean, I can, I can name you a couple of dozen <laughs> over, over the years as well. I saw your eyes light up when I mentioned, well, when you mentioned Bob Latchford. Mm. Is he one of your heroes? Would that yeah, have been when you were like... Yeah. Yeah. I've got a picture of him on the phone. He comes uh, to Goodison regularly, Bob. Yeah. Um, it's good yeah. to see him more often now, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's plenty of uh, people that were, you know, idols of, of, of mine as well. And, you know, I mean, I've seen, you know, uh, Kendall play ball, play Harvey yeah. play. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen, I'd say, great wingers like, like, like uh, uh, you know, David Thomas. You know, I've seen lots of players, Graeme Sharp, obviously, and Joe Royal. I watched Joe. Uh, play, but Bob uh, was a typical uh, centre forward, but he was also very skillful on yeah. the deck as well. And um, you know, I, I, you know, I remember when we—I think it was three hundred and fifty thousand—we paid for for Bob Latchford. That was you know three hundred and fifty thousand. That, that, yeah. that was the British transfer record at, at that time. Right. Um, and I remember that amount of money. And I look at you know in his prime, you know 24, 23, 24, 25, what he'd be worth today. Uh, and he's sixty now. I, I see him as I said a couple of months ago, and he looks as fit as if he'd be able to. Does look well. Yeah, he looks yeah. really, really good. So yeah, he was one of my uh, idols. But Big Joe was as well. You know, oh, uh, Big Joe. Man, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, he was my earliest idol, if you yeah, like, in terms of yeah. one that that stood out as much as seeing uh, you know other people play. But I've you know seen uh, Ratcliffe and Mountfield and. You know, uh, Mick Lyons, you know, yeah, Mick Lyons yeah. used to get at hard time, but he was passionate as ever told oh, me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love them type of players that are totally committed to the club, 
um, and you know, Colin Harvey, great, great player, great manager at Kendall himself. So I've seen many of them could go and talk about it for a couple of hours. I've just, I've just, fully enough, I'll have to, um, if you haven't read it already, mm-hmm. definitely recommend a book by Gary Imlach called mm-hmm. uh, My Father and Other Working Class Heroes, and it's about mm-hmm. Stuart Imlach. Yeah, yeah, Remember, yeah, he had yeah, uh, yeah. won the cup with Forrest yeah, as a player, yeah, yeah. crack and winger, yeah. and lastly was a coach at Belfield, a good right, right. under Harry Catterick. Yeah, yeah, I think he ends yeah. up leaving when Billy Bingham came in. But mm-hmm. he, he says about Mick Lyons, he says that he would be the first in training and, and the last out. He yeah. really did. Like die forever. Wasn't yeah, it? absolutely. Know, it was like the Cannonball yeah. Kid, wasn't yeah. it? it? Was like you know, him in terms of his statements, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I got to know him before. Uh, before he died, but 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 you know, Lions, he was of the same mould, you know, in, in, in terms of was one of those that would actually sweat blood for the for, for yeah. the team and for the cause. And you know, we know, for instance, that he wasn't the greatest technical player, yeah. but as I said, as a, as a you know a defender, as a captain, you know, we used to love it when he'd get thrown up front, you know, with ten minutes <laughs> to go when we were behind and he'd get one, you know. Uh, and I remember that on occasions that happened, um, but you know, uh, there was some great. Characters, uh, as I said, over the years, but Bob, because uh, of the thirty goals, because yeah. of that link up with, um, with, uh, I said Dave Thomas was something that I, I remember fondly. Yeah, you mentioned characters, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes I still have to pinch myself as well without wanting to, uh, you know, dampen the mood too much. The fact that Howard isn't going to be, mm. well, isn't here this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's left us, and we were all incredibly fond of him. Weren't we at the Echo, yeah. we did his column for various periods of time and uh, you were the last person to be doing his column film mm. it's just sometimes I just I forget that he's gone and then mm. you think he's not mm. going to be at Goodison mm. this season mm. and it, it's still heartbreaking isn't it mm. obviously the club have, have obviously announced this summer the renaming of, the, of, of Gladys Street yeah. in Howard's name which was a lovely touch and you know obviously you would hope that going forward you know there'll be some sort of permanent you know monument to Howard as well the statue's planned isn't yeah. it yeah so yeah. you know He's never he's never out of many people's thoughts as he goodest, especially on a match day. Always, you know, he was always there. You always see him knocking around, and no, he's he, he'll always be there, only in spirit, I guess. Yeah, and I think you know, like like Dave Dixon as as, as well in yeah. terms of you know, uh, fondly uh, always re- remembered. Yeah. But I think Howard, as a player and then as a manager, mm-hmm. you know, and done the things that that that, that he done will will always be. Uh, you know, fondly associated with Everton Football Club, and it is good to see that uh, he's he's getting honoured in that way. And I don't think yeah. any of the players who've gone on to do anything at the club uh, can begrudge that, no. because I think he, he's he's you know uh, uh, a, a bit above other people in terms of what he's Absolutely, achieved. Yeah. And even Big Joe would support that, I guess. I think I would really um, sort of appreciate and, and and be sort of in admiration of Cumin, wouldn't he? I think he might see I think he's loving talking. Yeah. I think he'd, I think love he'd him, like yeah. quite a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I guess so as well because I think he was a no nonsense football player. Yeah. And that's what Howard was. Yeah. You know, Howard was a tough tackling, you know, engine, uh, full blooded, one hundred percent committed to the club, the passion uh, as a player and for the club and that's what Cumin was. Cumin was a you know, a player with passion, a player with you know yeah, and he wants that from yeah. his own players. And mm. I think in that sense they were very similar, um, you know, in t- as, as terms of managers. So, yeah, I think he would be in awe of me, you know, in respect of him. And obviously it's been a period of very quick and significant change for the Blues. Mm. Almost, uh, well, it was six months ago, wasn't it, roughly, yeah, that, uh, mm-hmm. that Farhad Mashiri uh, became the club's majority investor. Um, and since then we've witnessed, uh, gradually at first, but, you know, culminating... Well, who knows? It's an ongoing yeah. plan and vision, but certainly we've seen some big players come in. Uh, we've seen Steve Walsh 
the champions chief man, right, yeah. if you like, yeah. uh, pinched out of that from them. And um, very few people have had a chance to actually sit down and look far hard eye to eye and get the measure of the man yet, but, but you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he asked you to come down and yeah. have a coffee yeah. with him in yeah. London. And yeah. What's he like? Honestly, I mean, as I said, you know, um, he's he's somebody that you know, unless you have that experience of of talking to him, you know, he looks, you know, he's diminutive. He's 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 not the biggest of guys, sort of timid looking. Uh, and I've met him twice. I met him just, you know, to talk to him just briefly for about ten minutes um, at Goodison. But then, uh, you know, I went down to his office, and I was in his office for about an hour and a half. And um, I had to go, I had to leave, I had to say to him, listen, I've got to go now, otherwise we'd have still been talking for an hour and a half, you know, about Everton and about football. Um, but, you know, I'm just um, absolutely... Uh, it's very difficult for me to convey to fans, uh, to, you know, fellow Blue Noses, um, uh, exactly what I feel about him and about where I believe the club is going yeah. without sort of, uh, you know, uh, exciting people too much. But I can tell you that, you know, this is a guy that, you know, is uh, is no mug. Mm-hmm. He's no mug. He knows what he wants on the pitch yeah. and he knows what he wants off the pitch. And, you know, I would say to Evertonians that, you know, look, you are in for a experience and a ride that will take us uh, on a trajectory that is upwards... And, you know, I'm not saying how fast that will be, but I'm saying it's a trajectory that's upwards. It's not sideways, it's not backwards, it's upwards. And he will get it right. I've got absolutely no doubts about that. And that's whether it's on the field, behind the scenes in terms of the playing. Mm -hmm. You know, you only have to look at that statement with who he's brought in. You only have to look at, you know, his backroom staff, what he paid for Koeman. You know, what he paid for Koeman and what he's paid for Koeman, that is a bold, bold statement. You know, that wouldn't have happened before. And you need to reflect on that. People need to think about that. You know, what they paid for him to get him and what they're offering him and what they've given. You know, that wouldn't have happened under, you know, previous regimes. It's happened now. And then he's brought in, you know, as you rightly said, the the chief scouts of of Leicester. He's come in, you know, that's a bold statement as well. That not only is it about uh, looking further afield than just the Premiership, but it's also about the structure Mm. that he's putting in place. And, you know, for me, all of that with Finch Farm and the developments there with Finch Farm and the stadium, you know, uh, for me, as I said, is a bold statement that this guy has a strategy. And it's not just one part. It's not just a strategy about playing. It's about a strategy for the future. And I'm talking about how we market the club. I'm talking about how we get success off the pitch. I'm talking about you know the stadium. I'm talking about how we uh, develop AFC. Uh, and you know I don't think uh, you know this guy might look to people just looking at him on the telly or a picture in the program. Well, he he's not a, he doesn't look much, but you know you don't get a couple of billion pounds behind you <laughs> uh, right. for being yeah. somebody that's a bit you know a bit stupid. Yeah. Uh, this guy knows what he's on about. He's a lovely guy, uh, a lovely guy. He, his knowledge of football, well, this is it. European world football. His knowledge of football. He knows who the agents are. He knows every agent of every top player. He's just absolutely amazing. And he's watching all the leagues as well, you said. Yeah, well, he's got you know he's got plenty of time to do that as well as his business. He's got a bloody big yacht that's like a hotel. <laughs> I think he's got more tellies on it than you see in Curry's or Dick's. <laughs> uh, they're all tuned in. To, yeah. And by the way, he doesn't have uh, you know uh, 
you know, iffy sat navs or, or sat, satellite dishes <laughs> yeah, yeah. or whatever. These the stream doesn't top, go every no, few minutes. Absolutely, it's not, these are all top notch. Yeah. You know, he knows what he's doing. Uh, and as I said, I, I'm just absolutely delighted to uh, to say that you know, in my view, I think we've got the right man, uh, and the future is bright for Everton. Really is. I don't know. You've obviously had to spend a lot of time with him, Joe. But I know from our point of view, I still and I still see on match day at Goodison, I still see a sense of anticipation in the in the in the people in the seats either side of, of the entrance where the directors and Bill have come through. I still see before kick off the game might have even started, and everybody's still looking to catch a glimpse of Farhad. I still think he he carries a little bit of awe, if you know what I mean. Yeah, mystique. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely yeah. mystique. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's natural, isn't it? Because people have not, you know, he's not he's not a recluse. Yeah. But at the same time, he's a very private person, you know, and, and uh, you know, as that that's the way he is, you know. Let's be clear and honest about it. Not many people knew about him, yeah. other than maybe those around Arsenal football yes. club. Um, and you know, now we do because he's uh, you know he's, he's part of Emmett Football Club, and now we know a little bit more about him. But that mystique will be there. He's not one of those that uh, you know, um, you know, Bill Kenwright. You know, people knock Kenwright. You know, look, one thing you can never ever. Uh, take away from Bill Kenwright was his love and his commitment to Everton Football Club and, and you know he's brought in somebody that will now uh, deliver uh, you know a vision that I think we can all buy into and I don't think we're going to get somebody that's going to be you know wanting to present himself on the television every five minutes and talk or whatever we, we haven't got that but we've got someone that fully understands what he needs yeah. to do, uh, someone that will get on with delivering that, and someone who wants to bring success to Everton Football Club. We were just reflecting this morning, weren't we? There was a point seven or eight months ago when me and you were up the wall trying to figure out who was going to buy Everton because it was clear a change was, was in the pipeline. Yeah, there, yeah, was, yeah. there was a sense that certainly Bill was ready to... And I'm sure you know Bill's been looking for new investment, new ownership for a long time. But there was a sense it was coming to fruition yes, in yeah. some capacity. Yeah. And you and I, as I'm sure a lot of other people did, kind of suspected strongly it was going to come from the United States. And well, uh, it was John well, J. Moore. Uh, on, on, on that, and I say it in in defence of, of uh, Kenwright, Bill Kenwright, and also Robert Elston. You know, uh, I remember the stick that they used to get. Now I know. And I'm happy to, to reveal this now, but you know I brought people to the table that were interested yeah. in buying Everton Football Club. I brought them to the table, uh, foreign investments, foreign investors. Um, but you know it wasn't just about selling the club. The message behind it was they wanted to see investment. And and Kenwright, in fairness to him, Bill Kenwright has hung on and made sure that not only did he sell his shares or whatever or allow. Yeah. Uh, someone to buy in, but to buy in with that vision and to buy in with that commitment to Everton. And that's what we've got. We haven't just got somebody that wants to look at building it up and looking at flogging it or doing any of those things. We've got somebody that is absolutely committed to the football club. And that's something that we should be made up that Bill Kenrays and Robert Elston have done. Yeah, absolutely. Because you almost wondered if, if that person was out there. It seemed that yeah. uh, certainly it would massively applaud what, what Bill and, and uh, Robert and the board achieved by bringing in Farhad because other clubs, there's Chinese investment flooding into the mm. Premier League Championship at different levels at the moment and you know, with all due respect, you just don't know in, in a sense the motiv motivation of, of this investment, whether it is something that's short-termism to make money um, well, I think the thing with what I've noticed about Farhad and I'm sure everybody will agree is that it's the speed of which he's acted so far you know, re with real haste and 
and you, you know, real ambition. You know, obviously, you made a, a tough but essential decision to change the manager in May. Um, went and made Cooman number one choice, pursued him until he got him. As Joe says, got him said. for big money again. Yeah. Steve Walsh pursued him, had to pay yeah. money, got him. You know, as you mentioned, you can you, you sense a change around Goodison. We've seen different. You know, they're obviously making um, giving the ground a facelift now, aren't they? The process, you know, and there's just a sense of of, of things changing, and, and obviously. He's con- going to continue to back the manager in the transfer market for the next two and a bit weeks, and you know that's all in the space of six months, and that for me is, is really sort of heartening and, and encouraging. Well, it, it, in a sense, you know that was the problem with Everton, isn't it? If you look, if you look at the, the last few years, you look at where Ken Rice uh, was. Okay, you know there's arguments about the television money, there's arguments about you know I hear people on you know where's the Arteta money gone and all this you know <laughs> and stuff. Well, the, the, you know, if you look at the bill for wages and you look at the income of yeah. Everton Football Club, you know, you were never ever going to get uh, an investment opportunity in terms of investment in players yeah. mm-hmm. at that level. We were never going to get that. And what we needed was something to break that logjam. That, that was it, because yes. otherwise it was stuck. It was going to be stuck for another 10 years or 15 years. And that's why Ken Wright was absolutely... Uh, determined to not only bring in somebody that could you know, take over the club, which he could have done, he could have done with a couple of people that, as I said, I brought to, to the table, but he wanted the commitment about investment in the club. Now, what we've got is a real opportunity to kick on. It's invest to earn, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So if the right investments are made, then you know, I know that not only you know, uh, is the uh, you know, opportunity going to increase whether it's through you know being in the Champions League, whether it's being you know in Europe, the Europe, Europa Cup, or whatever it is. But you know, a new stadium. Uh, uh, you know, we're talking about naming rights. We're talking about you know marketing uh, with his contacts and whatever, and all of the things that he brings to the table. Those things are realisable where they weren't before, yeah. and 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 so that logjam has been smashed through now. So you know, it's it's right that if I was a businessman and I was investing in something, then you know you want to start realising your potential very very early on, and so that's why he's done what he's done because yeah. he sees what needs to be done, yeah. and you know that's why I, I say I can't over, if you like, over egg or overstate what I see and what I feel. Uh, and what I hear from the man, mm. you know, he hasn't just got, uh, you know, he didn't just say to me, oh, and I'm going to look for this player, and I'm going to, you know, uh, buy this player, or we're going to compete for uh, the top players. It's about developing the club mm. behind the scenes, uh, on the pitch, off the pitch, and actually looking to the future. And that's something that excites me, because that is a package that I've always wanted for my club. Speaking as a blue, I think it's it's more heartening than ever. I feel to get this sense that there is a real, to borrow a phrase mm-hmm. from, from yourself, spirit of partnership mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. The, yourself, the council, and the club. Mm-hmm. And it feels as if that's going to lead somewhere. And it's you know, timelines are difficult, aren't they? Because yeah. all of a sudden you know you, you're tied down it you know to, to something specifically, but. There's been a shift there, hasn't it? It's like you know the going places. I, I, think, I think you know. It, I, I, I'm bringing in uh, Liverpool Football Club in this to, to just explain the point. I mean, when I uh, when we had uh, Gillette and Hicks, and, and when I took over uh, control of the council, uh, I said, you know, very very quickly, look, you have to make a decision on what you're doing because we're not going to sit uh, and waste yeah. any longer on the regeneration of Anfield. 
and I'm not going to allow you to store us or hold us yeah. to ransom. Uh, and I gave them a deadline and stuff where I've been, you know, Anfield's been uh, regenerated. We've got a brand new, fantastic stand at, at Anfield, yeah. uh, and it's uh, brilliant, absolutely uh, top class, as good as uh, Wembley in, in, in the sense of that, that stand and the facilities and stuff. And, you know, I made that commitment to Liverpool Football Club that we'd work with them and we'd get that to where it is today. And that's what we've done. And with Everton Football Club, as I said, the impasse uh, with Everton Football Club uh, and ourselves, and it was over Walton Park and it was over o- other things, was there was not that, that, that fund and that money available and there wasn't that ability to realise the ambition. The ambition was there, yeah. but it wasn't matched by, uh, if you like, the reality of uh, funding and money uh, and commitment and now there is and so you know we are now I think working uh, more closely together uh, with a shared vision about uh, what we can bring uh, not only to the city but to the football club and you know as a real positive uh, atmosphere and a real positive uh, focus on what we can uh, what we can do and it's the same uh, commitments I gave to Liverpool Football Club that we'd work with them that I'm given to Everton Football Club and my team here in the council. Um, but equally, though, it's, I, I have to say that you know I'm, I'm more uh, sort of um, uh, excited as a blue uh, about that. But however, you know, we will give them all the support. And I do think you know uh, we are at a, a better place uh, now than than we've ever been in terms of, and uh, you know, I look forward to. Uh, delivering, if you like, the ambitions of the city and the club, uh, you know, for everybody really, especially for us blue noses. Definitely. Back on the pitch briefly. Um, it's difficult to sense already because the Premier League to me has never looked more competitive, mm-hmm. really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You really have to look at City yeah. in the way they started. The, you know, they didn't didn't blow Sunderland away by any means, but they got the results. United squad is beginning to look ominous. The, the, the players that Mourinho's yeah. assembled. Yeah. Liverpool, obviously, had um, <laughs> in some ways a very impressive start. I, I just wonder where, realistically, Everton can be looked to finish this season. It might sound a little bit corny, but I actually don't think Everton's season starts until September the 12th, which is the first game after the close of the transfer window. I think, for me, and I sense from Ronald as well, is that this is a, this is a process of getting through the first three league fixtures and then assessing the squad because if we come out the window where he wants to be, and then yeah. we can kind of, then we start the season. Because he came in, no, not late, but yes. he came in probably in an ideal world. He would have joined earlier in yeah. the summer, wouldn't he? Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good a good call, from Phil, in the sense that you know, um, look, we knew Lukaku uh, wasn't fit. We knew that you know there's a chance he's not going to be there at mm. the end of the transfer deadline. We don't know that. Uh, you know, we had unfortunately Seamus uh, Coleman being injured, yeah. and that was a, a, a real issue as well for us in terms of uh, because he'd had a good pre-season, he'd yeah. been he'd been uh, playing really well, and so I I agree with you that that um, you know we are in a in a sort of a, a difficult position that you know we can't finalise um, you know who he's going to bring in until. You know, we see, for instance, yeah. whether you know Lukaku is staying or not. That's the you know that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? We mm-hmm. don't know yeah. whether um, you know Lukaku uh, goes or stays. 
what I can tell you is that you know the, the uh, chairman is determined to keep hold of him if he can. Um, but you know, if Lukaku wants to go uh, and Everton get offered the right price, I think he'll go. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're right in the sense that you know uh, until uh, we get those uh, finalised, if you like, answers yeah. uh, in terms of to the questions like will he go, will he stay, we can't move on. That said, I was glad with the performance that we made against Tottenham, especially in the yeah. first half. And if people would have said to me, you'll get a draw there, I'd have took that. Yeah. If someone had said to me on Saturday, you know, you're going to get a draw there or, or what have you, um, you will, by the way, I had a tenor on Barkley first goal. <laughs> so so I, I took that as well. But, uh, but, but seriously, you know, 1-1 uh, I, I would have took. And, and, you know, the disappointment was we could have won it. So if we get that against West Brom, you know, uh, then I, I would be happy with that. And I think by, uh, you know, by, by the time the window closes, uh, I think we'll have made a few more acquisitions. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm confident of that. There'll be some players coming in before the window. Now, whether that's, you know, this marquee yeah. striker or whatever, it'll depend on where Lukaku fits. Would you, take, would you take Joe Hart on, on yeah, loan for a yeah, season? Yeah, all day, all yeah. day. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even balk at that. Now, I'd pay for him now. Right. I'd pay for him now. I wouldn't be interested in taking him on loan. Okay. I'd say, Joe, you know, they don't want your lad. Um, <laughs> so, is our offer. Do you think he's um, good enough? Oh, absolutely. There's no question of that. Yeah, look, all, all uh, you know, great keepers have crisis of confidence. Uh, yeah. All great keepers, we've seen them all. You know, yeah. uh, I've seen it with Southall. I've seen it with yeah, m- yeah. M- m- many uh, players. They all have uh, that. You know, and you can't just blame. All right, look, we've seen the, the European Championships, and we've seen you know a couple of. Uh, you know, he was getting beaten too scats. easily, wasn't he? He was, he was and and and, that, and that's something that uh, I think. But you know, you don't you don't be you know uh, a class act mm. and then not a class act. You know, yeah. uh, six months later, uh, you, you know, you don't lose that. You know, it's that is about you know confidence. It is about how he's nurtured and stuff whatever. But this is a great time to snap him. You know, if he comes to Everton and we we start using him and his price go, you know, so I'd take him now. I'd be bold. I'd go out there and I'd say, City, you don't want him. You know, there you go. We'll have him, and there's the price. I mean, yeah, interesting. You know, I I've never really thought of it quite that boldly. I mean, I wrote a piece in the week saying I felt alone just suitable for everybody you know because there's question marks maybe but you know you, as you say you, you look at his CV and it does it's very impressive so if you well, see so you box yourself off don't you you box yourself into a corner mm. if if you take him on loan and you know by god he pulls out the stops and his, yeah. his performances are great then his price is going to go up and they're going to hold it to ransom I'd True. rather go in now and say look you want to buy somebody mm. So you know that yeah. that's fair enough. So he's surplus to requirements because you've already said the is is you know uh, you know the other keepers ahead of him, mm. and you're going to buy somebody as well. So uh, let him go, and we'll give you you know whatever, and that's it. Done deal. Uh, um, yeah, and it's interesting. Don't, we don't need to see Joe Hart on loan at Everton. Yeah, we know what he's capable of. We know what he can do, and you know let's breathe new life into him. Let's say you know you know you're having a, a doesn't have to move house. No, I mean, I think the sense is that Guardiola's willing to sell him because he's got doubts about whether he's good enough of a footballer because he wants to start to play yeah, from the back. Yeah. Which is but a, we've gone through that era, you know. And I don't think that's something Ronald looks for: presence, height, ability to deal with crosses, etc. He's not overly concerned about can you. Help the full backs in the centre half split and bring it out and all that business. No. 
get it, so get it, get it hit by two. In that case, what Joe's saying, I suppose, is, is why, makes, why yeah. not go and makes a lot of force sense. the agenda. Yeah. I, can, I can actually see myself getting a column in the echo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you two agreeing with me. Uh, but, you know, Phil's already written that he thinks alone. Now you're both agreeing with me. But no, seriously, though, no, I just genuinely believe that he's a class act. You know, he really is. He's still young. In goalkeeping terms, he's yeah. still he's still young, and and you know you get another you know six seven eight years out of him, and, and you know but let's let let's go for him. Definitely. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure having you on. Absolutely. Really grateful, yep. and uh, hopefully do it again in the season. Let's yep. hope for a good one. I hope you're listening, Bellew. <laughs> <laughs>